You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It. The show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed. The show where you can come to discover the best things you never knew existed. And the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a part-time, part, well, I can't even speak, part-time outdoor boulderer and full-time... Mario Partier, I guess. Were you there for that? No. Oh, we had a little Mario Party before you showed up to the party party. I was going to say something more along the lines of, uh, like, host of scabs or something. Oh, just yeah. That's, yeah. But full-time uh, injury prone. And with me, as always, is my good friend and photographer slash spotter slash climber, Andrew Patterson. How's it going, buddy? What's going on? Uh... It's going. It's going pretty well. It was good. We went uh, really outdoor climbing recently. It was uh, first time outdoor of the season. It was good. Yeah. yeah. And it is a telltale sign that bouldering is taking over. When we were there, the amount of people we saw with abnormally large rectangular shaped pads on their back was quite high. Which is a tool that you need when you go outdoor bouldering because uh, when you fall... If you just hit the ground, it hurts. I can attest Weird. to that. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Well, also, the funny thing is, though, you didn't actually f- hit the ground. You hit a tree. Yeah. And then the ground. <laughs> yeah. So that hurt uh, hurt doubly, really. Um, yeah. Any, in any case, uh, what do we got on tap for today? Oh. So today we have... The episode that was promised not that long ago, or very long ago, depending on how often you listen to this show, uh, our You Gotta Love It, or our hidden gem for the uh, episode is a movie called uh, Billy Jack. I keep wanting to say Bojack, but that's not <laughs> that's not right. Uh, and the You Gotta Love It is a movie called Frogs. Uh, this is also kind of like a belated, like one week removed Mother's Day episode. Uh, and as weird as that may sound, if you're familiar with either one of these movies, it's because, uh, many months ago, my mom actually submitted this. This was her recommendation. Yes. Uh, interesting set of movies. Yeah. And I mean, it, again, it still seems kind of weird, but there was, co- when she was talking about them, there was context. It wasn't just like, I love this movie and I hate this movie. You should watch them. Like she was just like, we were just talking, we were, we were good. We were actually antiquing. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I think what started it was we were talking about um, the song One Tin Soldier. And my mom started talking about Billy Jack, which is what that. Oh, yeah. That, that Definitely. Song, yeah. Features that song prominently. Yeah. It's the theme. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, <coughs> the Hidden Gem. It is about a man who is. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain because it, it. Well, okay. At the center of the movie, it's about an alternative school for hippies. Is that fair to say? Yeah. 
and they operate near a small town who does not seem to like them. Um, and they teach sort of alternative ideals. And one of them is about being one with nature, which speaks to also the resident uh, Native American community. Which of which Billy Jack is part of. He is half uh, Native American himself. Right. The titular character. And so the movie heavily features both uh, these alternative school practices and uh, some Native American rituals. But in typical sort of movie fashion, the locals of the town who are predominantly white males who don't understand what is going on are just like, I don't like this. Get this out of my town. Fuck these guys. To the point where like a bunch of these students and who also happen to be Native, Native American, some of them, mm-hmm. show up in town and want to order ice cream, and they're like, you guys can't come in here. Yeah. Right? So I think that uh, the first... Yeah, I mean, that pretty much summarizes the gist of the movie, but it, what makes it really interesting is that it it uh, feels very ahead of its time, given the subject matter. Well, especially now. It's, it's like come back around again, almost. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, 1971 came out in may of 1971 uh oh man it's so crazy looking at these details i mean normally you ask me these questions i was just looking over some of my notes and had a couple thoughts but yeah well we'll come back to that anyway um and the star actor who um was just heavily involved in like the whole process like he directed it he starred in it oh i had no idea he produced it it was written by him um so this is a real passion project. Yeah. And so there's actually, I mean, I, I don't know enough about it to really do it justice, but like f- this was, it became a series. This character was a recurring character. There was a series of films made and he kind of used film to, um, uh, share or kind of push his agenda, which as like an activist yeah. who felt very strongly about things like, um, all of the topics that are c- covered in this movie. Right. Um, and I think one of the, I don't know, like it definitely, it felt that way. It's a weird movie. Like I, 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 I wrote that it feels sort of amateurish in the way that it's filmed. Sure. But you can tell that it's like a vessel for the message or the messages, you know? Right. So it's like, even though it may not be, by many traditional standards, like a good movie, it like make that makes no, uh, it doesn't beat around the bush. Like it's very direct. Sure. Um, To the extent that it has an incredibly disturbing rape scene, which if I'm not mistaken, was one of the first times that anything like that had been portrayed to that extent, like that graphically in a film. Right. Um, Well, on a personal note, when, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, this is Andrew's mom gave us this movie. Yeah. So it added an extra layer of like, ooh, yeah, to the scene. Just because, I don't know, it's just not something that you would associate with uh, one's parents. Yeah, well, I think she just like, she's she's very aware of like, how, you know, um, we don't always talk about it on the podcast, but it certainly comes up from time to time, like the Black Panther episode we did. Um, when the subject matter is is not just popcorn media, it's something that has a message. Like, you know, I got that <laughs> from my parents. Yeah. So then my parents have always been uh, pretty uh, 
not only liberal, but I guess just like very kind of aware, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that was one of the reasons that she felt that this was a hidden gem, so to speak, that most people our age probably had never heard of or seen this movie, right. but um, that when she saw it, it was, it had like a, it made quite the impact. Like it, it, it resonated because she had never seen stuff like this before. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a protest movie. Oh, that hundred percent is that yeah. from beginning to end. It, it opens with him chasing down those, the, the, the white folk from the town who hunt the wild horses for meat. Right. And then there's like a crazy shootout at the end. The whole thing is 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 very interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, to your point, uh, it's not structured in a way that you would expect a movie to be. But in the in the lens of like a of a, like a protest or a message or something, it, you know, as long as you know that going into it, it makes more sense. Yeah, it feels more like almost a series of vignettes that are starring all these characters that yeah. are running into situations dealing with racism, dealing with sexism, dealing with oppression, deal, you know, like just like dealing with the um, fallout of yeah. colonialism. Like there's just like, there's a lot of ground it covers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I also think to be completely fair, I think that it's sometimes like kind of, um, really hits you over the head with it. Like it's kind of, it's not subtle is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely not. Um, which I think would uh, annoy a lot of people, especially like today, like given the outrage culture that we exist in where it's all polarized. Either people are outraged that something is not obvious enough or not direct enough. Or when something is, they're groaning about it because it's like pandering or, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, um, so I think going in with that in mind, I think it's a worthwhile movie to watch. Um, I think it's kind of, I think it was a good choice. I yeah. think it's deserving as a hidden gem because I had never heard of it before. No, me either. Um, and I, I think it it's especially fits with the culture right now. Yeah. With people being so, like I could see this movie almost being made with slightly different subject matter, but like most of the premises remaining the same. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a clean ending either. No. Like that. It doesn't have like a, it's not quite uh butch Cassidy, but it's also not like the hero doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it drives the point home because it doesn't end in a tidy, happy manner. It's not sad, but you kind of feel bad because you're just like, Oh man, the world is a pretty fucked up place. Right. It's just, yeah, definitely the ending is a little bit, I don't know if unsettling is the right word, but you don't get satisfaction. Yeah. And maybe that's because we need to watch one of the other movies that they, that continue the story. Right. Ostensibly. I don't even know if they do, but um, my understanding is there are several movies with this character. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. It's I don't really know what else there is to say about it. One thing that was a bit odd to me was that, I find that the portrayal of, I mean, the portrayal of any visible minority is, can be very touch and go. Right. I mean, in films, people are very sensitive to it. I think one of the most obvious ones though, um, especially for us, like in here in Canada is the portrayal of native American people or indigenous people. Uh, you know, whatever the case may be. 
whatever the background, like just basically the people that were here before we were here. Yeah. And I, I didn't do any research to this end, but I would be curious to know how that community feels about this film because it's clearly like pro it's like anti-colonialism right, right. and it's pro it's like these people i i think it i don't even know how to articulate this like do you feel like it was successful in its portrayal of like uh native american people and like their custom you know like i don't know enough about it but right. also I, it, it there are times where i was like ooh, it feels kind of like cowboys and indians which did not feel good but then it also at times i was just like but like he, he's not coming at it from like a cowboy's yeah. perspective you yeah. know what i mean like i, I don't it, know it's just it's, weird especially again with today's climate being what it is it's hard to say you know i don't feel um educated enough to speak on whether or not it was accurate right but the way that the movie is shot i'm like ooh, i don't know if this is out of context or what the yeah. situation is here like there wasn't any education you see i guess to rewind for a second you see some rituals being performed mm -hmm. but you have no idea really why uh it's happening right and so it kind of you know i'm, I'm wondering to myself like is this actually how it goes down or is this just for the movie or you know i don't know what the scenario is so it's hard hard for me to judge but i I would say that out of context, it didn't feel right. But that might just be like, quote unquote, even though I'm not really white, but like white guilt or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just conditioned to, as soon as we don't feel comfortable as an authority on something, shying away from it. And I think that's where I'm at. Yeah. And this, so this movie uh, was a follow-up to a movie he did in 67, um, Tom Lachlan. Uh, called uh, Born Losers, The Born Losers, about a motorcycle gang. Okay. Um, but yeah, like it's interesting. Like I'm just, I mean, this isn't research I did beforehand, but I'm just reading here when I was looking for the, after Born Losers, Laughlin was set to begin a film project with backing from such figures as Marlon Brando, Jack Lemmon, Candice Bergen, Candice Bergen, and director Robert Wise. The movie was to be a documentary on the issues facing African Americans in the 1960s and would have focused greatly on the life of Martin Luther King Jr., followed by a discussion of race. However, the film was never made. So, like, and then he made Billy Jack instead. So, like, right. clearly, determined, like, a, of a single mind. Like, he was clearly, like, pro-civil rights. Yeah. Really trying to get... Um, you know, and he had a lot of backing, pretty, obviously. Yeah, so. like I, again, it's it's almost strange. It's weird how sometimes the hidden gems we get are things that like it seems as though I should have known about this movie. Right. You know, like even though it came out fucking like t fifteen years before I was born, fourteen years before I was born, I'm just right. like, it's just weird that I've never. I had literally like never heard of it, and then and then, um, I recently found the record in like a ninety nine cent bin. Yeah. The full soundtrack. I got it for like three bucks or something like that. Right. Uh, and it's pretty good. Yeah. But it features that song, the the one Tin Soldier. And like everybody knows that song. Even if you don't think you know it, when you hear it, you're just like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's almost like a karaoke. Like you could see it would probably, it's probably at every karaoke place. It plays in fucking everything from like grocery stores to like, you know, oldies radio. Like it's, and the melody is like an earworm. Like when you hear the melody, you will know 
like that little like do 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 you know you're just like oh yeah anyway um but yeah i enjoyed it it was very it was compelling yeah for sure like i was just like whoa this is fucking intense like I guess it's just like movies can get lost in time. They can mean a lot to somebody and then uh, the next generation just doesn't know about it. You know, like how many kids uh, born after the year 2000 are listening to Bad Brains or something or know the movie uh, L.I.E. or whatever. Like, not that that's like a huge groundbreaking movie, but it it was pretty crazy when I saw it, you know. Uh, Anyway, my... Sometimes things just get lost, and I feel like this might just be one of those things. But uh, we're bringing it back, baby. Here, here's one other thing that I just saw. Uh, Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert, in his review of the film, wrote, "Billy Jack seems to be saying that a gun is better than a constitution in the enforcement of justice. Is democracy totally obsolete? Then is our only hope that the good fascists defeat the bad fascists?" <sighs> wow, lot to unpack. That I, I can't. We can't even go into it. But like, that's, because we don't have time. Yeah, I feel like that's. <laughs> That you could use again. That's a statement could apply today. A lot. There's yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Like, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Like in 1970, like that observation is like seemingly timeless now. Yeah. And on the one hand, I feel like it would be important for people to see this movie because of the issues it covers, and it's, um, you know. But it brings to mind something else. Uh, I'll just go on this one one more tangent before sure. we move on. But um, there, uh, I was listening to CBC probably like a month ago, maybe more. They were interviewing um, this uh, this uh, writer, a comic book writer. Well, he's not he's not primarily a comic book writer, but um, this guy, uh, his name is... Um, uh, I got to find his name. Mark Russell? Okay. Um, it's he wrote this comic called the second coming that was supposed to come out on dc but when word of it got out into the public sphere um the uh catholic church uh or a church i can't i'm not even sure um started a petition to prevent it from coming out because um the the concept of it is that um jesus returns to earth and he's like appalled by what he finds like right. that state of humanity um but there's also superheroes in it and he ends up living with like a superman type character sure um so when i first heard this i was kind of like oh this is uh, this is connected to what we we're just talking about i was like oh, okay this is like i don't know if this is for me like i like indie comics but it sounds kind of weird interview blew my mind can't wait to read this comic the guy had so many interesting things to say and one of the things that really struck me because i'd never really thought about it in terms of this start before but he said uh he's like you know classic superhero comics and really just most narratives today about good versus evil he's like good guys regardless of what their ethics or their their morals or whatever they're fighting for is yeah that's not what leads them to win they always win the good guys beat the bad guys because they're better at violence and i was just like that's kind of true. Cause even if it's like I fight for truth and justice or I'm fighting to protect the little guy or I'm fighting against, you know, p- people who, you know, just whatever it is you're fighting for there, yeah. it's always about fighting. Like they always have to beat them into submission to prove that they're right. Right. 
And so he wanted to write a story that, um, because this guy is, has studied like scripture and like read, like he's, he's, uh, it's not like just some guy that thought he was going to write a book about the Bible. Like he's very knowledgeable and, uh, you know, anyway, he was very upset that there was a petition because he was like, I think that if people actually had waited to read the comic, like people who were, um, devout they would have realized that I was coming at it from a different perspective because he was looking at it as like the char- the the figure of Jesus as somebody who foregoes violence to you know like he's, right. he to to win so to speak to win in air quotes here anyway the whole point of this is to say that like this movie is kind of that 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 Ebert comment is kind of like speaks to that where it was like I was definitely rooting for Billy Jack for the most part right. like in principle but. Certainly the way that he goes about it is just like, he's just like, fuck the law. Like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. And almost like, I don't care who gets hurt as long as the people I want to protect are protected. Right. Um, well, he has, a, he has a perspective that I think a lot of people are adopting today, which is essentially, you know, the bad guys are doing this thing uh, and no one's stopping them. So I'm just going to do that same thing, but for my cause instead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's kind of problematic. Like you always hear things on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever social media platform forms you're on about like punching fascists in the face or, yeah, you know, it's essentially that, right? It's just like, yeah. well, you know, they don't like, uh, well, I don't know, whatever, black people, they beat them up. So let's beat them up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, okay. That no, seems it's... a little weird to me, but like. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah, and and I think that um, for me, movies like Billy Jack or like how this comic sounds, or even what I like about the more sophisticated or more interesting hero comics or or people who write superhero comics, is they do kind of think about that. Like Batman, you know, like he doesn't kill, mm-hmm. but he will do almost everything. But like he's basically a psychopath who will go to all any length short of killing somebody, like of murdering somebody, to like. Um, dole out justice sure but then the the flip of that is that because he's never there's never like an end to the people that he's fighting against they continue to like take innocent life i, I don't know the whole thing is just a fucking there's so much gray there's so much gray koji it makes sense in the context of a comic book because it's a comic book yeah it's still but entertainment like, it's in, still meant to be entertainment right in real life you're, like you know john wick is going around yeah, he kills like pe- 87 guys in one movie because they kill one guy killed his dog. Right. But like in real life, I'm I feel like we're we're reasonable enough to be like just just because people we don't like are circumventing the law, or breaking the law doesn't mean that in order to stop them we should do the same thing. That just yeah, it's kind of an eye for an eye. Anyway, yeah, we're getting way off topic. Yeah, here. sorry, I just like there was like a tangent I saw there, and I fucking had to leap on it. But yeah, the uh, hidden gem, yeah, definitely recommend it. Check it out. Also, the poster is fucking sick. The poster for this movie is amazing. It is. It is very nice. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, okay, uh, on to our. Are you going to hit me with the questions or I can just state the facts because I looked them up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Did did you you look them up? Because I'll turn it around. I'll ask you. Okay. How much do you think it cost to make this movie? Uh, $12 million. No. (laughs) 
I mean, I don't know what it costs to make movies in the 70s, so it's hard for me to say, but like maybe with inflation. Way, way, way higher than what it was. Like way higher than what it was. Uh, A million. No. Less? Yeah. Oh. The budget for this movie was $800,000. Oh, wow. Okay. How much do you think this movie made in the box office? Three million. No. Less? No, significantly more. Oh wow! Okay, uh, twenty-three million. More. Woo. Forty-three million. No. So the box office was. Uh, it says here thirty-two and a half million, but in brackets it says rentals. Um, and it also says the film grossed ten million in its initial run, but eventually added close to fifty million because it was re-released. Whoa. Um, with distribution that was supervised by. By Tom Laughlin. Okay, that's wild. Um, so that obviously means and, that it really resonated with people at the time. Yeah. And in addition to that, the film lacked distribution, so he booked it into theaters himself for the first release that made $10 million. This guy's like a <laughs> almost Neil Breen esque, yeah. but successful. <laughs> yeah. Although he's got Neil like a Breen's real like successful, so it's hard to say. He's anyway. got a real uh I mean, he's certainly got the the willpower you know he's yeah. got the he's got the juice um okay anyway, that's crazy so what's the best movie moment for you on this movie uh i actually i wrote here because it's been now been a while since i watched it yeah um, but i really liked the improv scene even though it wasn't like a it was a nice moment of brevity oh when there's a couple of them out actually. in town and they're like uh, now you be the businessman and you be the cop yeah there was a couple of them that one was good um um, but yeah, the, I found that the, the scenes with the kids or the people from the school, they weren't all kids, but most of them were students acting out scenes Yeah, were like you mentioned about, I mean, like a lot of parts of this movie were just as relevant today. Yeah. I also like the town hall meeting. Yeah. The town hall meeting was, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was great. You're like watching it. You're just like this. There is one other scene. Uh, the anthem improv. Do you remember that bit? No. Tell me if this sounds familiar. It's like four kids are standing up and one is sitting down and they start singing the American national anthem. And one of them isn't singing. He's just sitting. Oh yeah. And then they all just start trying to get him to sing and he doesn't. And they just start beating him up. Not, uh, not really beating him up. It's like an improv. Scene. Yeah. 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 But I, I saw that happen and it was like, I was just like, that is fucking crazy. Yeah. What an oddly prescient movie. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I mean, it's again, it's not crazy when you consider that these are not new problems. Like this is a, certainly the problems we face today with racism and all kind, all the crazy shit that's happening and uh, around the world today. Yeah. That's not surprising, but it's just, it was surprising how specific like that national anthem scene. And you're just thinking about how, people are so shocked and still like so you know div- divided over Colin Kaepernick and athletes kneeling during national anthems and how big of a deal it is to some people who just like you know yeah and then here are these kids acting in this movie by this guy in 1971 and it's exactly that situation it's yeah it's crazy <laughs> like it's just nuts so we anyway. haven't progressed at all is what you're trying to say uh so who stars in the reboot? Well, I took a lot of notes on this, actually. Oh, okay. uh, 
I did two. I don't know how good they are now because it's been a while. Like the movie isn't fresh in my mind, but yeah, I was like, you could kind of do a B version of this movie, and you could do like a really like impactful. I think um, I actually think that uh, Joaquin Phoenix would be a good Billy Jack in like a good version of this movie. Yeah, you know, because he's like kind of racially ambiguous looking sort. Like he's white, but like when you look at him, you're kind of like, oh, he looks like he could be. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like a rock esque character. He could. Um, I also put Tilda Swinton in as Ooh. his girlfriend because the girlfriend character. I mean, visually, kind of, but like, it's they're kind of hard to peg their age and like the you know. Anyway, I could just see her doing. Yeah, probably because of the beach and. Uh, she would fit, I think. As yeah, she just has played a lot of characters that are kind of like. Well, because the character is a little bit out there to begin with. So yeah. it, it's like yeah. only lovers left alive or the, her character in the beach without the like murder. <laughs> yeah. Um, I In both versions, I cast Woody Harrelson as the bad guy. Okay. Like the bad business owner or whatever. The, sh- the guy that's like the cops are on the take. He yeah. Like runs, he runs the show. Um, and then... In the B version, well, not it's not even really like a B movie. It's just sort of like a, the version that would be wackier and like a little bit less serious. I was like, Bradley Cooper would be perfect as the rogue cop. Yeah, okay. Um, and in the in the kind of like more uh, the version that like w- is a little bit weightier, I could see a Josh Brolin or Ben Mendelsohn as ooh Ben that, Mendelsohn as would that be cop. Good. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Because they're just kind of both like anyway. Um, I also kind of put a bunch of other people, but they're not really like just, I was trying to think of who could be the son of the cop or the son of the, the greedy business owner guy that run the, the right. captain of industry that runs the town kind of like, you know, his son is like, just like a, does kind of a fuck yeah, he wants. hot shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, that's kind of like interchangeable. There's like a lot of really up and coming actors that like look kind of, kind of creepy. Yeah, but he, also kind of handsome that could like fit that role, you know? Right. You need like a country club esque slick douchebag. Yeah, like a like a like a Lucas Hedges or like a there you go, something like that. Anyway, uh, so you recommend this movie? Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I think that not everyone's gonna love it, right? But uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I think it's worth a watch. I do not think that it's. Like a grand, it's not like a fantastic movie. You're not gonna be like that's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. But I think it's worth it just for the subject matter and also just for the simple fact that what we keep repeating, like it's crazy how relevant it is. Okay, well, up next, another movie that is kind of uh, comes with a message as well, uh, albeit maybe less successful. I don't know. Question mark is the you gotta love it, frogs. It is a movie about a man who almost gets run over by another man in a speedboat. And that man is Sam Elliott. Oh, the, yeah. The, the initial man in the boat who almost gets run over is Sam Elliott. A very young uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah, almost unrecognizable. And he, the guy who almost runs him over, picks him up out of the water and takes him to his country estate. Uh, to kind of get a change of clothes and he gets sort of embroiled in some family drama and then out of nowhere nature fights back right because yeah. uh, 
we've been uh, we as a society have been destroying the environment, which interestingly enough is another timeless uh, issue because mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of in the forefront these days too. Everyone's talking about plastic and how we're anyway. So uh, <laughs> the environment uh, in the form of not just frogs, although the movie is called Frogs, but like there lizards, really isn't, there's frogs, snakes. Yeah, there's frogs everywhere, but they really don't. They don't, they don't take any... There are no casualties by frog. Yeah. Even though the movie's called Frogs. There are, however, casualties from all manner of other animal. Yes. All manner of other beast. In fact, there's even like a tree, like a... Oh, vines. Vine, like vines that yeah. seemingly are sentient, or maybe that's just like poor filming, and he was just like thrashing too much. I don't well, really no, know. Well, no, I think it was it's like supposed to be growing around him. Yeah. And like pulling him down in the ground or something. But anyway... So the movie then takes a turn where it's a sort of a horror-type movie where uh, these people are stuck in this country uh, estate on an island. Yeah. Or in a bayou It's in like a swampy... It's like in Louisiana or something like that. But they are... I think they are on an island. Right. Because they need to use a boat to get to the mainland or the road or whatever. Yeah. It's just in a swampy place, though. Yeah. And uh, so they are trying to survive and make their way out of there. And that's essentially the movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about it because everything about it is insanely bizarre. <laughs> the The death scenes are... So, okay, hold on. Let's do what we, we came here to do. We're just talk about the things that we liked. <laughs> I liked how crazy all the characters were like they were such extreme characters yeah it's 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 even hard to explain like the the uh patriarchal figure is is like patriarchal to a fault yeah it's his birthday which is the reason why the whole family's gathered there and he does not give a fuck about anything (laughs) except his birthday it's true or that how about the his like son or whatever his nephew one of the one of the kids who's dating the uh like sa- the the stereotypical sassy black woman. Yeah. But like there's still some, like even though you're watching it and you're kind of rolling your eyes, there's still moments where you're like, wow, this is like for the time. I would not go so far as to say a strong character, but the fact that she's like, yo, fuck that. Like, it, like, you know what I mean? Like everybody right. else is kind of horror movie tropes and she's just like, nah. <laughs> well, I guess that's You what, guys are all being ridiculous. That's one interesting thing about this movie is the female characters are not just... Uh, what you would think of as typical female characters mm-hmm. in movies, especially of that time, where it's just sort of they're there as uh, relationship objects or, or the you know uh, things to be desired. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have their own opinions and are just like you guys are fucking crazy. Yeah, her especially. Um, but so this dad finds that someone has died and is like, well. Don't tell anybody. We'll just deal with it after my birthday, which is <laughs> oh, like yeah. insane. Yeah. I, this is one of those movies that I think you could sit together with your friends and, and oh, ha- yeah. kind of laugh at. But at the same time, there is a message there, which is like, we are destroying the environment. And if we don't do anything, it may come back and destroy us, which is actually like in an odd way. This is like the social message podcast we're doing. this yeah. time, But like, in an odd way, it's kind of true. Like things have been happening. You know, you hear about these wildfires and these tsunamis oh, yeah. and stuff. Flooding. Yeah, and yeah. water rising water levels. Yeah. 
And more and more frequently. Disease, so, all those things go hand in hand too. It's like there's like this, um, it, it, people tend to think of all these things separately to the extent that when you watch a disaster movie, but like a Roland Emmerich movie, you're like, oh, this is just over the top. There's like a meteor and then there's also like tidal waves and earthquakes and stuff. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> this stuff kind of, yeah, it's like a domino effect. You know, if the water levels are rising and, and environments are changing and, you know, like, insects that carry disease you know like it's just like anyway. so is this the geostorm of the 70s could be could be i liked the uh one of my favorite scenes was the greenhouse with the lizards that are pushing over the poisons oh i forgot about that and the guy's just in there and there's like spider webs and stuff but they're just these like geckos or iguanas or something maybe there's one of them and they just keep putting it in different places and shooting different shots because they couldn't afford to get a bunch of them right and we should also mention that like the animals in this are real <laughs> like they're not they're yeah not, like fake like really bad fake animatronics or something but what's what makes that hilarious is that they're not like <laughs> you can't train a lizard to like stalk you know like it's not like a dog or a horse where they can kind of train them to do what they want in a movie. So like, yeah, there's a scene where this guy goes into a greenhouse and there are all of these pesticides and toxins and just poisons in vials that are like up on a high shelf and all around there are these lizards that are just sitting like, or, you know, like they're just lying on their bellies on the shelves. Right. Just kind of looking like some guy was like, okay, uh, positions everyone and then like the lizard wrangler just comes in and just like plops them on the shelf and then just like backs out of the shot and then they're just like sitting there um but they push over the vials which then break open on the ground and like react with the ground and turn into like a poisonous gas that kills these guys in the greenhouse but like uh yeah it's definitely a funny kind of like a b-movie-esque funny scene where you're just like oh fuck you know and even the way the guy reacts to it where he's just like oh like it's just like dude just turn around yeah i also and the like doors locked or something or i can't remember so many uh of the shots like of the reptiles and whatever that they use it's shot so ambiguously ambiguously so you don't know the size of any of the right of the animals like they they could be huge they could be tiny but the way that it's shot they're all made to look almost monstrous yeah but really, like, this lizard could be the size of my finger. Yeah. And the other thing that's also um, that I liked, I kind of genuinely liked it, even though it's you could also, it was also funny, is that the shots of a lot of the animals yeah. are not scary. But... No, they're just sitting there. They're just sitting there. But that kind of almost makes it scary because that's what they would be doing in real life. So, like, when there are like hundreds and hundreds of frogs. And you again, you never see the frogs actually kill anybody. They just are everywhere. There will just be a shot. Like somebody will walk by and then like sinister music will play and the camera will go down. And there's just literally just like a normal toad just sitting in the grass. And the camera just zooms in on its face. And you're just like, oh man, you know? So yeah. it's like they're trying to use music and camera work to make it seem scary. But you're like, that's oh, just a little frog. The ending was good too, where it's just kind of like oh, they start breaking through the windows and stuff. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, no, when they actually got off the island. Oh, that was legitimately good. Yeah, yeah. It had a full-on uh, Planet of the Apes kind of vibe. 
Yeah. Well, or like us almost, you know? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Us is a better, more, more. Where yeah. you're, you're kind of like, oh, okay, so they've escaped and now whatever. But then you're like, oh, no, the entire world is fucked. Yeah. Yeah, that that's cool. Yeah, I like that. And that's distur- That's that disturbing shit. Like when they get to the shore and there's just like nobody. Yeah. There's like the radio playing and like the fishing rod and stuff. I, That was like one of the only moments in the movie where I was just like small goosebumps, you know? Because the whole thing was just kind of funny. But right. like when that that kind of horror or psychological you know like the idea where you're just like in a movie where it's like oh but once you get out of this environment you're fine you know yeah you get to one of the major cities you'll be all right and it's just sort of like they get off the island and you're like oh fuck there's nobody on this boat a little bit of blood there's just a radio playing with fishing poles like there's people where where is everybody and they right. just don't find anybody and then they get fucking attacked by birds seagulls like start attack dive bombing them yeah yeah um and then eventually, yeah, it was good. And then the the ending of the movie was good too. When like the full on ending, when they're in that car, right. they get in that car with those people, and they're and they're just driving, and yeah, it's implied that should people shit went down. Should people see this movie? Uh, yeah, I would say they should see it the way that you described. This is, I think, a get together with your friends movie. Okay. Uh, what's the, well, we already just talked about the best movie moment. I can't, couldn't find budget or gross information for this movie. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that won't happen, but, uh, who stars in the reboot? I think this could actually be like a pretty crazy remake today. Like they could really make it fucked up. But also, like, they could do... They, or they could do, like, Snakes on a Plane-esque fucked up, where it's well, just, like... Well, I think they could do, like, a serious kind of horror movie and also amp up the sort of social message, yeah. you know, Jordan Peele-esque almost. Yeah, the nature could be, instead of just using frogs, there could be actual animals that are already scary that just start to... Uh, yeah, who's in the remake? Um, ooh, that's... Cast Sam, Sam Elliott as the dad who's having the birthday? Nice. As like a nod wink. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, fuck. And I don't cast know. Cast Bradley Cooper doing his Sam Elliott impression as <laughs> Sam <laughs> Elliott. Sam Elliott. <laughs> um, I think this is one of those movies where you could really just like go all out. You is, could anybody could be almost anybody. Is in Beyonce it. the girlfriend in the movie? No, I don't think you need to I don't think we need to replicate that's what I mean I think it could be just like uh, yeah if it, I think what's his name from Walking Dead should be in it who's also in I thought I think you should leave I skit don't, I don't know was his name character named Glenn the Asian guy oh yeah what's yeah his, what's that actor's name yeah I can't remember his name yeah but his character on the Walking Dead the second Glenn, I yeah. the second I said who it was I couldn't remember his name um for some reason I just see him being in this movie because he's got like a really good like uh He's almost typecast in my mind as a guy that's just like, it's kind of scared, but like logical. Yeah. He's just like, yo, this is fucked up. What's wrong with you people? Like that kind of thing. You right. Know? You got to have one of those guys. Yeah. I don't know who, who would replace Sam Elliott though. I don't know. Got uh, to find a good lead. Horror movie lead. Ooh, this is tough. I'm having a, I didn't even think about this at all before we recorded. Well, it could just be, it just could be any young strapping lad or lady, you know? Sure. Just completely switch out all the roles because the roles, this is a movie where certainly gender or race matter not at all. It could literally be, you know, it, yeah. it almost it would be encouraged that everybody be 
rep- representing every group of people on the planet because the whole point is it's about us or the planet versus us. You know? Oh, well, punishing us for that's a that's a great idea. And then you have each character representing a different ideal. So like the dad is almost like the North American capitalist, yeah, yeah, capitalist figure. And then yeah. you have like I don't know whatever like an asian dude representing some the asian countries and yeah you do like a whole world view it's like a young overzealous kind of like borderline violent activist type that means well but is not doing right (laughs) it's not it's not helping matters i want to kind of want to see this movie now hollywood if you're listening let's get this shit made yo if we are at a movie in the next year and we see a teaser trailer for a frogs remake i'm in i'll fucking lose my mind hbo get on it um netflix so i guess that's it for the week next week we're going to be doing something a little bit differently um we're going to be talking about the end of things the end of an era the end of several eras yeah yeah uh but we'll get to that in a second what are your recommendations for the week um my first recommendation, well, my recommendation period, I guess. I just have so many because we're so backed up. Like we haven't, we haven't been doing it as frequently lately. Uh, there's a rap group from Arizona. I believe they're from Arizona called Injury Reserve. Um, they just released their full length self-titled album last Friday. And uh, it's great. They're a rap group. They do... Uh, I don't really know how to describe it. Whatever. We'll cue up a song. I have just the song to play. Samples one of my all-time favorite bands, Phoenix, and one of my all-time favorite songs by Phoenix. So, yeah. It's a good album if you're looking for some... There's a lot of good rap that came out recently. New Tyler Creator, Injury Reserve, Earth Gang's got an album coming out. J.I.D. released an album recently. Sabo, the fucking Pivot Gang. Oh, my God. There's so much. It's it's just nonstop. The last couple years have been nonstop great for rap music so anyway injury reserve self-titled look it up okay i'm gonna recommend the hbo television show barry oh that's sneaky yeah uh i just i've been recommending that show to you for weeks (laughs) i know weeks months i don't even know and i just started it and it's definitely worth the watch because it's it's one of these shows that is a comedy like at its heart i suppose but not in a i don't know how to describe it's like it's it's a, it's a true dark comedy yeah it's like black comedy but it, it's got like also serious drama vibes to it yeah that, yeah that's what i mean like there's they deal with some especially as you will continue to watch it you'll be like oh fuck like there's like some heavy stuff for sure i mean the premise is kind of like kiss kiss bang bang or gross point blank or something where um, a hitman goes to Hollywood, uh, accidentally finds himself into an acting class, and then decides that his true calling is acting. Yeah. But his hitman past catches up with him in a hurry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's basically the show. Uh, and it's HBO, it's and it's Bill, Bill Hader. It's Bill Hader, who people are like seeing this show, and like they're like, "Yo, Bill Hader can act." Yeah. And uh, as Bennett has said, number I don't have you ever seen Skeleton Twins? No. Uh, it's a great movie. That's a Bill Hader's in that movie as well. I mean, my point in saying all this is, yes, he's a funny guy, but he has flexed his acting chops before, and he definitely can do it, you know? So it's like, it's less of a surprise for hardcore Bill Hader fans, but it's certainly very welcome. Like, 
it's a great it's just a great show it's uh he and his buddy write and direct it and uh henry winkler's in it mm-hmm. uh it's got some great villain characters stephen root is in it just good cast just quality writing it's funny you'll laugh you'll cry um so yeah i definitely second your recommendation check it out guys all right, next week we're talking about Avengers Endgame and the end of the game of Thrones. So yeah, that's like seri- we're giving you like a full-on week spoiler alert. If you still haven't seen this shit though, like come on. Yeah, you know, we'll give you another spoiler before we actually at the beginning of that episode, but I mean, it's already been broken by the internet for, you know, it's the movie's been out for like a month now. All right, guys. Until next time, keep loving it.